Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking. How are you, your highness? Hey, man. I am good to go. Fully recovered from the vid, and I'm here alive and well. Awesome, man. Glad to see you back from uh, from the uh, virus. That's so, right. Uh, <laughs> so you said earlier you still got a cough, right? Still got a cough. Uh, I have a cough, couple cough drops in right now. Not sponsored by Halls, but uh, they're doing if the... they would like to sponsor us, though, we'll take it. Oh, yeah, that would be great, Halls, because I'm popping those things like candy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good show tonight, man. If you didn't pay attention during the countdown, you might have heard some cameo woo buddies and all secure in Sector 7s going on during the music tonight. That's because our guest tonight is the one and only Sean Shug Emery, and we're excited about getting him on here in just a little bit. Uh, I want to I say something before we get going too far into this. Um, Jeremiah, have you ever said anything and then found out that what you said was wrong? Uh, literally every single day <laughs> every single day I, I would say probably all of us have done this right oh absolutely absolutely well i want to give i want to give some props out because something happened this past week and it was a, it was a mistake it was an accident and the way it was handled was probably the perfect way i've ever seen anybody handle something like this before and so i want to give some props out to ben mcmillan and the guys from hilltop packs uh if you haven't had a chance to watch their video on their channel, please watch that. Um, if you don't already have respect for this company, you will have 10 times the respect after watching that video. Uh, there was there was some confusion over the how much of their new uh, bear bags were recycled. Mm. And they found out that it was less – they thought it was 100% recycled when they did their research on it and everything. And they found out later that it wasn't. Now, I don't know about you, but most companies I've talked to, they find out they've said something wrong – Usually that means they go into don't talk about it mode. Yeah. You know, let's say face. Let's not tell anybody. Let's hide it. But Ben and the guys at Hilltop Packs decided, no, we're going to get out in front of this and just let people know, hey, we made a mistake. And what was really cool was they offered 100% refunds to anybody who bought one of those bear bags. No questions asked. Uh, they offered to every single YouTuber or anybody who did a video or something about the bags mm-hmm. a $100 gift certificate to Hilltop Packs. Wow. As, as a way of saying they apologize. I mean, you talk about uh, integrity. That's a lot of integrity, man. And uh, highly impressed. And I just want to give them props tonight before we get going too far into this, because that is one of our one of our sponsors that has been with us for a while. And uh, definitely want to give out props when people are doing things the right way. Yeah. Definitely want to do that. For sure, so, man. Uh, but with that said, we do have a sponsor for tonight. Yes. Hit me we have it. a sponsor that has been with us for a while, and that is our good friends, over at Warbonnet, sewn with pride in Colorado, USA. Yes, Warbonnet, dude. I was just out in the woods using their tarp. It's actually the Thunderfly, 
and it is a 13-foot tarp, which offers me plenty of coverage on my 12-foot hammock because I'm a long man, and I need a 13-foot tarp. And they don't just have tarps. Uh, they have all kinds of things. They have underquilts, top quilts, hammocks, accessories, anything that you would need to go with your hammock. Um, also, John, I know that you are familiar with the Ridge Runner hammock, which is a bridge-style hammock. Yeah, a lot of guys that I've been backpacking with use the Ridge Runners. Uh, the, the Minnesota boys, Jeremy and Rob, mm -hmm. uh, Midwest backpacker Rob Pelton, both are big Ridge Runner fans. Uh, uh, Rob, in particular, he did a video, I think it was last year, about his new hammock, how he was moving on from his Ridge Runner. And he moved on from his old Ridge Runner to a new Ridge Runner <laughs> because he likes the hammocks so much. So uh, great company. And they specifically requested that they be a part of this episode that they get to sponsor this one. So big thank you to our friends over at Warbonnet. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for sponsoring the video. So tonight it's about time. It's about time for us to uh, bring on the man of the hour. Yes. And McMillan also wants to let everybody know he's also good looking. <laughs> so make sure to get that out there for everybody to see. Uh, Ben's not but the only one. What's that? Ben's not the only one good looking. We got a good looking guest tonight. Uh, we do. We have we have probably the guy. He's been called the king of hammocks. He's been called the king of cold weather, the king of Minnesota. Let's just tonight. He's the king of the podcast. Let's welcome into the show tonight. Mr. Sean Shug Emery. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I don't like to look into the lens. <laughs> we get the profile side. My good looks just may shame you. I thought maybe you had a second camera caught up, set up, and you just couldn't figure out which one you're supposed to look at. Hey, I liked your intro. I, you know, I like any company. I don't know. It, you say Hilltop Packs? Hilltop yes. Packs. I'm going to look at them because I love companies that have integrity. And I think that's – integrity is one of those things that, that's coming back, man. I think it's – it's on the rise. I think we've we've been away from integrity, and I feel like people are finding it's integral to be uh, in integrity, integrity like, and uh, have some integrity. Absolutely, I couldn't I just, agree more, man. It, who would you like more? I mean, somebody that owns up to their mistakes. You can't ask for uh, anything more than that. No, do something about it. And also, you know, Warbonnet. I've, you know, I've had a relationship with Warbonnet for years. I always like Brandon at Warbonnet. He's matter of fact, he's to the point. <laughs> he you know, is, man. He his is. videos are like three minutes. He says a lot. He doesn't elaborate. He's he's you know, he's he's pithy, he's uh, taciturn, he's not rude, he kind of keeps it to the point. There's not a lot of smile and it's all business. Makes a good I mean, he makes great stuff. I've used their hammocks. Like I love my Eldorado. Uh you know, it's just it's the um you know, it just doesn't have the shelf that like the XLC has or the Blackbird. But I, I just I'd never use the shelf personally as as much as a lot of people do. But I, I love their stuff. I was just out. I use my Superfly tarp all the time, particularly in the winter with the inside pole mod because that sheds snow so well. Yeah, I was you know, going to ask yeah. you about that because last time we actually had you on last year around this time, and I don't think that we really talked about hammocks at all. We had just hung out, <laughs> had a good time. Get to it very much. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what is the deal with the pole mod? That inside pole mod, you know, there's a couple like Warbonnet and a few people have where you you put two short poles over the top of the tarp mm -hmm. and they go into the side pullouts and open it up. 
And, you know, that's great in three-season weather. But in winter, it it creates a flat spot. You catch a snow. Yeah. That inside one that goes inside the tarp and it's just right right across the middle, you know, just like that. It just does such a great job of just shedding snow and your tarp not collapsing down on you. And I, that's always been the pole mod I prefer. And, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but even though a lot of my gear looks like crap because I'm hard on my gear, I'm also sort of into the aesthetics of the gear I have. Uh-huh. And I like the looks of the inside pole mod rather than those two two poles across the top. When I do the ones on top, I can't look at my tarp. I just, I just... <laughs> I just enter by the door and I'm going, I can't look at that. I know it's holding it open. I'd really rather have some line running out. It's funny, you know, we all have these little things about our, our gear and sometimes it just comes down to a, a color or a look of something. It's as simple as that, you know, just at least it is for me. I, I'm with you on that. I, you know, there was a pole mod I saw. We did a, we did a hammock hang up in Michigan a couple of years ago. And they had the pole mod actually connected to the corners and then into the middle. So it, it had two. Oh, that it went crossed the over. Side. Yeah. And that was really nice. That was really nice because it kind of, it gave shape. To, it gave a really nice shape to the, the entire tarp. It, it totally which, opens it. Almost like a tent. You have even more support. But yeah. Because I'm inherently lazy. It's going. <laughs> One more, one more pole. Well, you I'm, say you're inherently lazy, but I watched your last video and I saw how much wood you chopped up, and that I you did, actually chopped up necessary. extra and you left it. I left some because there was some left for me when I got yeah. there. There was that little stash between the trees, and it's kind of like, oh man, now I gotta leave some because <laughs> morally I could not leave that site without doing it. And I know that somebody, you know, you're thinking about the video going. Someone's going to ask me, well, Shug, did you leave wood? Because you didn't leave wood. That's just, that's not very good. That's, you know, it, uh, so I left some. I even left a little bit more than that was left for me. And uh, I chopped a lot of wood because it was so cold. I was staying warm and I got some, you know, I've got that new fun Grands Four Brooks axe. I like swinging. The, the, it's the splitting axe. And um, I didn't have Jonah or Alex or one of the young guys to do all the work for me. So I was forced to the you Lord of Lollygag was forced to do some work. <laughs> well, I don't like it at all. That doesn't make me proud <laughs> at all. That's where well, I saw the pole mod because I saw that trip that you were on, and it was minus 31 degrees. And I was like, oh, this guy knows what's up. And I think that oh, you yeah. had uh, you had maybe zipped your jacket up around your feet or something. I always stay- take my, my big down parka that I bring. Uh-huh. And before I go to sleep, to me, it's just a redundancy system. I'm not going to sleep in that parka. Um, so I pull the sleeves inside of it, zip it up, zip the pockets closed and pull it over the, uh, the end of my top quilt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a sleeping bag, you'd just be pulling it over like an elephant foot, like a little sleeve. And then I lay the sleeves that I pull inside on top of my foot, because for this trip, I needed more insulation on top than the bottom. Uh-huh. I was pretty well set underneath, but I only had a zero degree, um, my jacks are better, high Sierra sniveler. But I had that out about three weeks ago and it got to minus 24 and that was all I had on top. And I wasn't, other than the first night I got cold feet and I don't blame the top quilt or anything. I think it was just because it'd been a long day, just dehydrated, tired. You know, when we, Jonah and I left <laughs> my house here at 3.30 in the morning, six hour drive up to the trailhead, the hike out, all the work it takes to get to a snow camp and do it. 
And I made the mistake of my feet were just a little bit cold when I crawled in. Mm. Once, once your feet are cold in those temperatures, oh, your down does not warm them up. That's you right. Know, they're yeah. not going to warm up on their own. So, yeah. so, uh, and then I had uh, Superior Gear Hammock, their little cocoon this on this 31 trip. I just kind of laid it inside my top quilt. It's just like a little thing that zips onto the top of their hammock, but I have the older model without the zippers. And uh, that jacket over my feet, you know, I'd learned that years ago when I, you know, when I was a, a ground pounder, just like if you have an extra vest or, you know, anything fleece top and you're not going to use it, pull it over the the bottom of your sleeping bag because any camper when you talk about them getting cold, it's always the feet. Always. Always. You're, you're dead on with that. And we have some questions for you. We actually have some questions for you already. Like okay. people are people are in here, man. They're ready for you. Ben McMillan, first off, wants to let you know that integrity like is now his new slogan. So thank you for that. <laughs> integrity, you know, integrity like. <laughs> you know, like uh, integrity like, man, like uh, integrity like. <laughs> you know, what does uh, integrity mean? It's not a word I'm familiar with. <laughs> who, knows what that is. who knows what that is uh reuben razor wants to know suge does your daughter still make the wool beanies she does but she's on hold and as she always tells me she goes dad your suge people they're they're so nice but they are persistent and she's coming <laughs> on a cruise ship right now and my wife is out of town on the cruise ship with her i just took her to the airport yesterday and so while she's on the ship um She's not knitting a lot because she can't really, she has such a hard time mailing them out. She's only back in <laughs> Miami for a little bit. And you know, then she has to stress to get to a post office with these orders. The best thing is just contact her through her site. And I have that on a couple of my sites, her Etsy site. And just ask her and she'll let you know when she is going to make them again. But uh, thank you, Ruben, for liking that. You know, Because uh, if you buy a, a hat from her, she makes money and that's money I don't have to loner <laughs> <laughs> that works out Best for me <laughs> jeff peters wants to know if shug used a tent which one would it be well right now i bought a new henry shires tarp tent uh, i can't think of the name of it right now it's a single i had the contrail but the contrail is just really small and tight it's nearly like being in a bivy yeah. and i was going to do this hike pre-pandemic out in the um, Badlands of South Dakota. Mm. And it's, a, you know, you have to carry like all your water, like, you know, it's the Badlands. You have to carry like gallons of water and there's really no place to hike. So I bought this tent. So if I ever use a tent, that's, that's the one I'd use, but I ain't going to be in the tent. Wow. I still I have to be honest. That hike, but I don't, you know, I just, I go places where I don't have to use a tent anymore because I just sleep good in the hammock. That's all there is to it. I, I agree with you on that. And my well, coffee, a... having my coffee in the morning from the hammock, that is the reason I got into it. And I, I just, I can't get away from that. I, I have to be laying up in my hammock, having my Medagliador or Winston Espresso in the morning, or it's just not worth going camping to me. I don't even like the woods that much. I just like <laughs> hanging in that hammock. <laughs> I just got to get that Medagliador on. <laughs> um here's a question that's i guess we can all answer this does jeremiah blink i i have been blinking oh, right there <laughs> i have been blinking this whole episode thank you very much and they were they were <laughs> on me about this last episode bullying me for not blinking <laughs> 
Last week, we were having some technical difficulties with Jeremiah's feed, and so he was a little glitchy. And because of the way it was, it looked like he never blinked the entire time we were on here. So I think he has very good blink integrity. Let's see. Do a few for us. Jeremiah, show us a few just so we can cut. Oh, yeah. You blink. Look at those Don't beautiful eyes. Like one eye at a time. It's like doing, you know, it's like doing yeah. curls or something like that, you know, dumbbells. Just do one arm at a time. You just blink one at a time. Yeah. Takes more skill, too. That'll be my so, go-to technique. <laughs> <laughs> Shug, what, what happened to Packet Gourmet? I still use it. Have I not uh, been talking about it? What do you mean, what happened? I don't know. That's their question. I just, I just read them. I, I order for, I'm like, years ago, I, used, I ordered their, their meals, and I would talk about them on my videos just because I thought several of them were really tasty. Like I said, I personally like to taste of these meals. They're a little company in Austin. So every time I'd order, they would not charge me. And I said, don't do that to me every time because I, I feel a little guilty. I said, you know, if you want to toss in a freebie or two, cool. But don't, like, give it to me because then I feel like I owe you. And I'm only saying I like you because I, I like your chicken and dumplings. I like your um, – I like the Texas State Fair chili. I just, I just like their meals. To me, they taste good. They're fun to make. But last time I ordered, they were fine, so – but you know, during the winter, um, I want I wanted to up my game and start cooking more, as opposed to bringing just backpacking meals, which I'll go back to in the spring. But winter, you're pulling a pulk, and you know it's kind of from watching all these Canadian canoers and stuff going. And I did a canoe trip this summer. I did a five day solo. Um, really practiced up my canoe skills, which I didn't even have my paddling skills. And I was going, I want to eat like a canoer. I'm kind of sick of eating like a backpack. <laughs> yeah you know that's the truth that is the right? truth man those canoers eat well they eat well we they eat, eat very well if you go out with portage, them, you know when you, you get to a portage or the portage i say portage half the time portage half the time um i prefer to say portage but i never say mexico um, <laughs> <laughs> i always just say mexico uh, but you know you're, you're i like the the portage almost the best because it's like a little mini backpacking trip yeah, when you get to carry a, a canoe as a hat. You know? <laughs> as a hat, <laughs> that's a big hat. Biggest hat I've ever had. I was so. Gonna... There's a question on here I'm curious about. Somebody asked a question, and I'm actually curious about this question too, because last year you and I talked about coffee a little bit, like mm. off air uh, about Turkish coffee, and you kind of gave me some tips on it and stuff like that. But um, what is Shug's favorite way to make coffee? Well. At home and right before the show, I made myself an espresso with some Red Bird espresso in my espresso machine. But and I went through a thing and it happened during the pandemic of people kept saying, you know, Shug, you need to have better coffee on the trail. So I started bringing pour overs. I tried five, six different ways of making coffee from my hammock and they all entailed a little bit of a weight and a little bit of cleanup. And again, I'm lazy. And I love my Medaglia Doro instant espresso, and I just bring it, you know, bring them in a little. I pour them in a baggie and cut cut the baggie off, and just twist it up like a little corner. And I've got my little fat ounce there. It's got a little crema on top. I like it. I'm back to that. I don't want to goof around anymore. I tried the AeroPress, and that was a little fiddly from the hammock. And then I had to go throw the grounds out. And I don't want to wait for the pour over. I just like boil the water, dump the. Uh, the Medagliadoro instant espresso in stir drink. And it always wakes me up. And I actually, I like the flavor of it. It tastes dusky, dark, and oily. 
Diesel. <laughs> that's a lot like Jeremiah. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's quality. Yeah, the, the dusky, oily. Yeah, that's a lot like yeah. Jeremiah. Dusky, oily, dark. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, so I've gone back to that. That's what I'm going to do backpacking at home. I use my Barista 9 every morning to make my first coffee, my first espresso on the stovetop. So I like my coffee different at home, but home is different than the woods. I have, I have a little more time at home. In the morning, I just want to get that caffeine in me because uh, I like to do my morning report from the hammock. That's my favorite time to kind of expound and talk to my camera because mm-hmm. I've had the night to think about some things. You know, the hike-in day is always sort of forced. You know, you get up there and you feel like you got to be kind of forced to start your your talking on the camera mm-hmm. and giving way too much info about the trail and the history of the area. And uh, I just always end up deleting all that. I say it anyway, but I just go, dull, bull, you know, boring, <laughs> not interested. But by the morning, I feel like I have something to say. So I want that coffee. I want that Pop-Tart. I want whatever little something I'm going to eat. And boom, that's sort of a creature habit there. Now, we were talking before that you said that uh, people are trying to tell you about p- a peanut butter Pop-Tarts coming back. Somebody did say that. They emailed me and I, I got a comment today from this guy. And I thought it was the best thing. He said, the peanut butter pop tart is kind of like the McRib. They bring it out. They take it away. They bring it back out again and they take it away. Cause they, they brought the peanut butter pop tarts back one time. I actually wrote to Kellogg and said, you know, <laughs> I don't understand the Jolly Rancher pop tart. I said, <laughs> I said, you know, in your, you know, I don't know if you guys are trying to do this whole Wall Street thing, but if you were to send one of your representatives out on the trail and look at the amount of men that will eat a Pop-Tart on the trail, never at home, but they will on the trail, mm-hmm. you know, because they probably have one as a scout. Like, I never eat a Pop-Tart at home. Don't no. want it at home. Don't need it at home. I try one <laughs> once in a while and go, just not good here. No. It's like eating a backpacking meal at home. You go, eh. It's kind of like spam. I think spam's the same way. I don't eat spam Mm -hmm. at home, but if I'm on trail, I got no problem. Give me that little greasy pack of food. I'll eat it. Yeah, it's like filet mignon (laughs) on the trail. So it's different. And I've I've had people, and I know they're not backpackers, on my site say, "Uh, Shug, you eat horribly on the trail. And I'm going, (laughs) nobody wants to film themselves eating quinoa. (laughs) <laughs> that's the same thing as going the rock formations here started uh back in the geological era of the caveman and maybe before Christ. <laughs> and it's like no we don't care you read that you're reading that off something you know you don't actually know, you know i've never I had i don't the... care about that i want to see what you're cooking i've never had a pop tart you know and if you whip out those jolly rancher pop tarts I'm stopping that video immediately because I'm going, I can't hang with that guy. <laughs> I never heard of those peanut butter Pop-Tarts. And Pop-Tarts, that was my go-to breakfast in college. You know, you got a 9 a.m. class or something, and then you grab a little, we called it the, the devil's breakfast because it's basically just a bunch of sugar, you know. And I want to do a video. I I found some tang in my store because I was making some Russian tea for the trip, and I was going, I wonder if they still even make tang. Do they? And when I played football in high school and we'd have the two a days, I'd eat like a blueberry pop tart in the morning or a strawberry and drink some tang. And then you get to practice and you work, the coaches work you so hard that you end up vomiting over on the side of the field. <laughs> yeah. Pop tarts and tang coming up is not. Oh. That is a rough combination. Well, right there. 
That's the color had to be very vibrant. Fine going down. I don't even remember the color. It was just an <laughs> awful experience coming out. And I, I want to simulate it. I'd like to, I want to go back in time and uh, try to make myself hurl. <laughs> video that, please. I might even need video that? Rancher because that'll make me hurl. That, uh, now that you've talked about it online, you have to actually video that, and that has to be a video you release. I will say that the lemon pop tarts that they have now—someone called it a lemon meringue. It's it's the lemon cream pop tart. That's actually a very pleasant pop tart. That really sounds nice. delicious. That yeah, sounds good. good. It yeah, is good. Sounds good. Let me. Uh, oh, go out, ahead. Outdoor John. Wally wants to know something real quick. Have you ever met up with any gold prospectors while you were out? No, no. <laughs> People see me and they turn around and go the other way. Uh, <laughs> You know, the one thing I realized when you get in your 60s and you're walking on the trail alone, uh, people don't want to they don't want to talk to you. You know, you're the axe murderer. And that's like when I meet people, I hang my hands up on my hiking poles and go, hello there. <laughs> and that's probably why they run. But, you know, and in Minnesota, the funny thing is Minnesotans, and it took me a long time to learn this because I grew up in the South like you guys. Well, you you grew up, JK, in Wisconsin, but now you're oh, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a whole different story, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I go there and I go, I don't know if I'm in the South or if I'm in Germany. It's or, confusing. You know, it's so confusing. But Minnesotans will just walk right by you and not say anything wow. right on the trail. That's weird. Know? And then when, I, when I'm walking, I turn around and look behind me and I see them looking back at me. Oh. That guy's not going to turn around and follow us. <laughs> awesome. I love that. It's kind little, of funny. A little yeah. awkward eye contact. <laughs> so, uh, you know, no gold prospectors. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of gold in them there hills up there. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm been hiking in the wrong spot for that. I'm curious. Uh, we were talking about coffee, and I think that you have pretty much perfected the uh, drinking the coffee in the hammock in the morning. I I haven't had caffeine in probably like 18 months now. And I know that my next dose of caffeine is just going to be euphoric. But I'm curious if you have any idea how many milligrams of caffeine that you consume on a daily basis. On Let me average. ask you something. Why have you not had caffeine? <laughs> is, it, is it a religious thing? Are you uh, <laughs> no. a, a my, fast? Did your doctor tell you that or my, something? My eye doctor. I have this... Uh, I don't know what you it is. You've got a shalazium, do you? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> have you ever had a shalazium on your eye? No. I have. Okay. This, this is called metamorphopsia. And it's basically, it's like. Shalazium <laughs> sounds a lot more fun. Melopopopsia. It sounds more like a skin disease. It'll kill you. It does sound more fun. But yeah, I can't have any stimulants. So no caffeine, nothing like that. I don't drink that much coffee. I When I, when I get up in the morning, I have, I make my espresso, but I cut it with water, sort of have an Americana. Mm. And then I have a second out of my mocha pot, which is not truly an espresso. It's a, I'm using Medagliadoro ground coffee, but it's mocha coffee. It's a dark, rich coffee, but it's not a true espresso because it's not being pumped out at nine yeah. bars of pressure. I, I actually. The pandemic. Now, let me tell you, way back in the uh, Ithaca ages, when man first discovered caffeine, there was a revolution. Boring. <laughs> I just got a mocha pot for Christmas this year. Yes, and a, a mocha pot is a very specific thing. That's the way we yeah. make our, our coffee. It's not espresso. People think it is. 
And if you Google it and really look up on the mocha pot, because espresso has to come out at nine bars pressure, you know, um, but it's a European coffee, you know, the Cuban coffee, they use a mocha pot. There's a proper way to use a mocha pot. I have a whole process with mine. Yeah, I've really I really like it. I was surprised. I never had one before. And I just decided I wanted to get one. And my wife surprised me for Christmas and got one. And it brews out a really nice dark blend, depending yeah. on the coffee you use. I use hot water in the morning in my boiler so it's not on there so long. And yeah, that's what I do. It, don't screw it tight. Keep it loose so you don't mess up the gasket. And the minute you start to hear it go, take it off. And then run the bottom under some cold water so you stop that heat. And don't, don't burn your coffee. Yeah. Make the pot. I was just amazed at the creme Look on top of the going, coffee. Boring! Though. Not interested! <laughs> don't know what that means! The best part about this is, it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we, we want to, and they, they just, they just they listen to you. Oh, Jeremiah, I don't know. I don't know how many milligrams I drink. I, I don't always have an afternoon coffee. I did before the podcast, because kind of tired. Took the dog for a walk, worked out, unloaded all my gear today. It's been sitting there. Still kind of tired from my 31 below trip I did. It's just kind of I'm 63 now. This trips just take me a couple days to get over. But um, often in the afternoon, I like a nice uh, cup of, of Irish or English tea. Yeah, I drink. Very nice. I yeah. love the tea. And yeah, I just love a tea, you know. I So, so you're going to go nuts. You're going to, it's going to be, your life will be, to me, you look depressed, son. You just look <laughs> down. I don't know. The spunk is gone from you. You look like you don't want to be alive. Your JK here is doing all the all the heavy lifting. You're just sitting there. Your head keeps going. I'm glad. Thank you for noticing that. It's that, about the time somebody realizes how much heavy lifting I do. Just like a chunk of meat. Hold I'll tell you what. Up. You're like a Barbie being braced. Oh, you'll love it. Screw your eyes. You don't need the. You don't need both eyes. Just lose the right you one. Got your ears. You got your mouth. Wear a patch, you man. Patches look cool. Patches look cool. Yeah, pull Dan Crenshaw. Patches, I'm depending on you, son. Try to do my best. It's up to you to drink the best coffee. Now, that's good. That's a good segue into our next question. Shug, your music on that last vid, you're writing your own songs, or was that some old-timey bluegrassy stuff? That's all. I, You know, I don't like to – I have written songs, but the funny thing is I don't like to – one I put out, not on this last video – but the funny thing about jam and bluegrass with friends, if you go, hey, would anybody like to uh, jam one I wrote? Nope, not interested. <laughs> uh, but they're they're old old timey ones, and I have I've put those on probably two years ago, and then I just sort of wait. And for this video, I was kind of going, well, like the last video, I mean, I'll go through periods sometimes of not putting any music on there, but I wanted, I felt like this video, I had some long sort of B roll scenes, and just wanted to use some of them like Raleigh and Spencer. And I had a version of whip and post and they're all just jams. They're just me and friends jamming, record them. And then I just kind of trim out the best sections. Uh, I leave out the first five minutes where we're figuring out the chords and we're all talking. And then five minutes in the song starts to gel. And then sometimes you really get something going because it's just in the moment it's new. You're not, it's not a band rehearsal and it can come out just kind of, what I call, I like the music because it's got a little hair on it. You know, it isn't perfect. It's yeah, it's live. But thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's like it's raw. Yeah, it's just kind of raw. You know, I'm going to a uh, there's an indoor bluegrass festival 
coming up this weekend. So after I pick Meg up and she can watch Bean, I'll go out there Saturday night, do some picking. So I've been playing the mandolin a lot while Meg's gone and just boning up my fingers, getting ready for the jams. That's awesome. And I, I love singing, but I don't always want to put my singing on a video. Uh, you know, cause once in a while you just get your feelings hurt sometimes cause you get somebody go, sure, whatever you do, don't sing. <laughs> that's really mean. Really that's, mean. That's not nice. Go, at all. I always write back, whatever you do, please don't comment. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Miyagi, I've been holding off his question for a while. I should oh. probably put this up here finally. He says, any talk with Danny on incorporating a frost bib onto the cocoon mod in his hammock build? No, well, you know what we did, Miyagi? By the way, Miyagi, uh, it was really great because on the trip I did with Jonah, Miyagi was telling me about making his pizzas out of flatbread. And I was sitting there going, that sounds good. Those so are the good. Trip about three weeks ago, Jonah and I were talking about the food and he was going to do his chili mac. And I said, I'm going to make some flatbread and try Miyagi's style. And I don't know what weather he was doing it, but I ended up sort of steaming them a little bit. They were great, man. So thanks, Miyagi. I'm glad we talked about that because I was interested in bringing something. And I just I'd been been really not doing a lot of carbs. And I was going camping is a chance to have some carbs and candy. You know, all bets are off on camping. Yeah. You get back home and get to your program. But camping, it's like eat what you want, do what you want you know, in that Amen. period of time. Um, so what did he ask? Oh, so I did actually, Danny and I were uh, texting today and he noticed on this trip that I had frost on my top quilt. And I usually use this thing I call a frost bib that I hook on the ridge line of my, of my hammock. And I just, you know, I was out there alone. So I had so many chores to do. I was going, I am just too tired to hook up one more thing. And I thought I would just, it's been a while since I've seen what the frost buildup would be in those temperatures. And in those temperatures, it's not a wet frost. It's just ice. You can just wipe it off. So Danny wrote today, and I know Wilderness Logics used to do it, on your top quilt right there, they used to have like a fleece patch. I don't know if it was removable. I think it was Velcroed on. So as you're breathing on that thing, it, it's kind of like my face mask. I don't know if you saw my fleece face mask was just covered. Yes. It always just – and I could just – Put it in my pocket for a while. It'll melt it off. I put it out in the sun, but I usually just put it in my pocket or dangle it by the fire for a second. And just get it soft again. So you just peel that little piece off, put it in your pocket or whatever, and clear it for the night. But, you know, with certain temperatures, you get that moisture, that wet on your, you know, top of your sleeping bag or top quilt right there. Yep. Not a 31 below. It's, it's icy <laughs> condensation. Well, that's actually kind of nice. It is. And you just whisk it off you know so i don't know where that line is where it goes from not being wet probably somewhere probably 25 21 degrees i would imagine something like that because it is that warm air coming out so that wetness is kind of gross um i didn't mind at that at that temperature minus 31 all i know is inside my all my down i was totally warm and people always ask me you know why don't you how come you're not using a hot tent? How come you don't have a hot hammock hot tent? Again, I'm too lazy to haul it out. <laughs> Got to bring a stove, set it up. Number two, everybody I've asked, you have to feed that stove constantly. Mm. So maybe you go to sleep warm, but somewhere that thing's going to go out and you're in the hammock looking down at it going, I don't want to get out. I'll, if I got up to pee, I might do it. But I just, I just like sleeping in my gear, my warm gear, and I'll just have a fire outside. I may change my mind on that, but for right now, um, 
I, I don't want to use a hot tent. I've been at hammock hangs where they've had hot tents and people go, come on in, shoot, get warmed up. I'm going, no, I'm acclimated. I don't want to go in there and get all, take my stuff off and get all warm and then have to go. I don't want to go back outside again. <laughs> you know, I like to stay acclimated and that's, that's part of my joy. That's the part of it. I, I kind of like get warm by the fire outside, but just depend on your gear to sort of keep you warm. That's what I enjoy. Uh, Miyagi, he built a hot tent and then it wasn't super cold here. You know, it's probably like 22 degrees or something, but I had taken my wife. It was me, her, Miyagi and trips. And she loved the hot tent, but every couple hours, I guarantee you, I'd be the one getting up, stoking and the fire, keeping the stove going. I was like, no, then you're going to get a little cold doing that. You have to take your jacket on and off. I'm but- going to rent one, you know, some of the outfitters <laughs> and I don't want to do it in a hammock. I'll just bring my, you know, I've got an X-Ped uh, 9X down mat that's like good to like minus 32 and a foam mat. And I would just sleep on the ground because I want to be right by that thing. So yeah. I'm going to stoke it. I don't have to get out of the hammock. I can just pop right in there. And, I, you know, I'd like to try that sometime and, like, sleep right out on the lake. But I'll know when I'm in the mood for that. Maybe maybe next winter. Well, I have a hard-hitting question for you. This is, this is, a, this is a big one. Hunter's okay. Trip wants to know, what's your call here, Suge? You only get one. Hot Spam and jelly cooked on a hot pie iron or old cheese in the coffee? Oh, uh, what's the first one? Hot spam and jelly cooked in the hot pie iron. That is tough. Um, I'm going to go with the hot spam and jelly in the pie iron. And and I'm assuming that um, Hunter is doing it. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. If it's if it's me cooking it, then I'm going to go with the cheese and the coffee because that is less work. (laughs) But if he's got that, like my buddy Hickory, who's a, you know, he's a pie iron specialist, has his whole groove, his oils, his are not aluminum, you know, they're cast iron, there's a whole process. Then it's his thing to do, and I can just sit back and reap the benefits. So <laughs> if Hunter's cooking, no, Hunter, I'm going for you spam and jelly, and I would take a nice pepper jelly on that. Oh, yeah, like a nice jalapeno jelly. That'd yeah, be good. Be nice. Yeah. So uh, any trips planned with old Hickory? Well, you know, the, the pandemic has thrown off our whole groove for getting our eight or nine day trip in. You know, we just haven't been able to get it together. Uh, you know, that, that chunk of time. He's an EMT. You know, he's got a life, too, down on the farm in Virginia. So we're shooting for spring. We don't make any plans. And when we do make plans, I suggest something. He shoots it down. He suggests something. I shoot it down. You know, we're old friends. And then we just end up getting there and just improvising the trip anyway. Uh, we just sort of figure out a place to go. And uh, it's just like when we were kids, you know, it's like, no, I'm the boss. No, you're the boss. No, I'm the boss. No, I'm the boss. No, you're the boss. And uh, so we're shooting for spring. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd hey, be can awesome. I add? I miss them. You know, I, I, I miss these long trips. We haven't done them in two years. So uh, I, you know, during this whole pandemic, a lot of it is, uh, I spent way too much time with myself and we all have a little bit and our families. And I don't realize how much I like human interaction until I actually get out there and go, Oh my God, I went crazy. I kind of went nuts off people's energy, you know? So looking forward to just hanging with him. Thanks for asking. That was sweet. I want to give Jimmy jazz a big thank you for the, uh, for the super chat. And uh, he just wanted to say Shug's videos are a form of escapism for me. His last one 
was in knee deep snow while I was in 35 degrees Celsius in Oz. I'll never see anything like that. So it's fun to live vicariously through them. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Well, that's nice. And that trip, this I, I was telling you guys in the pre-show, I enjoyed this trip so much. Like I haven't enjoyed a trip in a long time, just in my soul, in my being, you know, it was just had nothing to do with the weather. It was, I, I can't even put my, you know, my finger on what it was, you know, it's like this question that keeps coming up on other podcasts. And I, and I love this discussion. And I, I kind of want to ask you guys what just something to mull because we won't hit an answer. I don't think there is an answer. Like people go, what is it that makes you go? Or people go, was well, your trip fun? I'm going, fun is not the word. It's not fun. You know, I know people use the type two fun. I don't even use that. I'm going, it's a lot of work. It's, it's peaceful. It's, it's grueling. It's, uh, you know, it's all these things, but I, it's not a vacation and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's character building. It, it makes you feel confident. It's a Billy Jack moment. It, and then why do we go? I think it's what I come up with. It's something deep down inside our primordial soul. You have it. You have it. Probably anybody watching this that does it and goes repeatedly. What makes us go? Because, you know, even on a, a summertime trip, there's a lot of work involved. You could skip all that work of walking and setting up and gathering wood and cooking and cleaning and pooping in the woods and packing and unpacking and driving. You could just sit down. That's take true. a nap. Yep. I think, uh, I think it's kind of because that's sort of the way life is supposed to be, you know, until the last yeah. hundred, 200 years, life was mostly that simple, you know, now it's really busy. So then you're auto you you know you're just you're the way things are supposed to be simple provide for your your basic needs talk to people face to face you know that are on the trip with you those conversations yeah you know, you know even sometimes talking and just to the camera on a solo i've been trying over the last few years to be a little bit more transparent not be a clown the whole time being a little bit more real and honest mm-hmm. rather than just being you know <laughs> You know, I mean, I am that way. It, that is honest. But to try to find like if I was sitting there and the camera wasn't running and we were talking more some real life stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, I've often thought like I'm I'm not a hunter. I could be a hunter. I, I just don't have the firearms for it. I didn't grow up doing it, but I see a lot of animals. Um, and, and, you know, I always talk to hunters who are drawn to go to the woods. But a lot of them go, I, I wouldn't want to sleep out there alone, though. I've had. Real tough hunters tell me that. And they go, I don't see how you go sleep out there alone. I go, I it, I have a sense of peace out there. Just like you probably have. I don't think you're hunting. I'm sure there are people that hunt in the United States that maybe need that meat and need need that. But I think the need comes. It's like I need to do it because it's it's in my soul somehow. Or I grew up in that culture because, you know, it's like guys that fish. And I go, you know, you can just go buy a fish. <laughs> They sell fish. I see it in they the. They do. They I do see all the it time. The all the time. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh and dead. Uh, yeah. And if you want to kill, you can. You know, like you can buy one that sits in a little glass thing and swims around for a while. And then when you feel like eating it, just eat it. My question for fishermen all the time now is going, "Do you even like fish? Oh, nothing. Like <laughs> I just like catching them." <laughs> I will tell you though. I know for me, like if I don't get outside, I go nuts. 
And my wife, I start getting anxious at the house if I don't get out after a while. And my wife eventually kicks me out of the house and makes sure I go into the woods. Um, and I, I wasn't like that before I started backpacking. But once I did start backpacking, it just became – it's like you said. I don't know if there's like a way to describe it, but it's just you have to get there. You can't – you, you can you're not happy if you don't get out there. I, I think we all have the same thing. Like I say, if it sort of comes from – so it's like picking music. Like I didn't take up playing a, an instrument till I was uh, 36 years old. It happened in a day. I was listening to some music in my nut head. I was listening to Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones. I turned the radio Ooh. off and I drove straight to a music store. Like sometimes things just happen. And like camping is one of those things that, you know, you might even hate your first few trips, but eventually something draws you back, you know, it's those people that are too enthusiastic about that first trip. You go, ah, they'll never go again. They'll never yeah. go again. It's yep. the guy that kind of hates it. And then he's going, why did I hate that? It's because yep. I wasn't prepared enough. Now you want to do a little figuring out why you slept cold. You know, how come you had too much or too little food? You're thinking about your skills. Like, can I build a fire or blah, 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 blah. Or do can I, I lighten up my gear a little bit? Yeah. Do you I know, like yeah. walking? The question I get all the time from people is, uh, Shug, do you want to do a through hike? And I go, I don't know that I like the woods that much to be six months in there. Like, I kind of like going. But after a while, I'm kind of going, Woods had a great time. I'll catch you later. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I like being with my wife. I like doing my other stuff. I've never been drawn for that much time. But the time I do spend, I truly enjoy. So, again, you know, it's it's not to get into the hike your own hike thing, but still, where does it what is it that that makes us go? And I think some of it, because one guy we were talking on a podcast about diversity in hiking, you know, that's kind of a whitey sport, you know, a little bit. And yeah. but, but less so as time goes by. And, you know, if you even go into gender, you know, I see way more um, female through hikers solo than I see guys the last 10 years that I've crossed on the trail. I'm going Maybe women have a hard time. You know, it's like we all have sometimes have a hard time finding one of our close friends that wants to go camping where they go, not interested in that, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go out into a dart league or go throw hatchets or go to a basketball game. And I'm going, I don't want to do that. You know, they, they don't want to go do it. It's not their thing. So we either have to go solo or you have to meet someone along the way. So it's a, it's a complex thing to to nail down, but I think it's just worth everybody to kind of give some thought to. And it's just, it's a constant thought. Yeah. And I would say when you do find somebody that will go with you, it's like you have that immediate moment where you look at each other and go, do I have a brother? It's kind of like, you're just so excited because now it's like, I found a common person with a, you know, a, a kindred soul, sort of, so to speak. Well, once and, you go, on, uh, I think we all have this and I, you it's know, amazing. one of the things I don't like about myself is I tend you know, I'm a gregarious person. It's, you know, it's easy to look at a person on YouTube and go, that guy looks like a lot of fun. I'd like to have a beer with him. But I tend to keep people here a little bit in real life. It takes a lot for me to really let people in. And I don't like that about myself. I'm trying to open the door to my heart a little bit more, let people in. But right now I just have it cracked just enough to let the cat in and out. You know, I'm not swinging that screen door all the way open. I do sometimes, but you know, you camp with someone and when you, when you camp with someone that you've never camped with and you realize they're self-sufficient, they either like Jonah, Jonah's very, uh, very gregarious. 
he was a guy that I thought would not like camping. And I know him through circus where Alex is a little more, you know, and then you see Alex kind of do his Joker smile out there. And he goes, dude, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And it's like, you know, and you, we've all hiked with people that you go, I can't tell if they're having fun or not. But by day three, you realize, oh yes, they are. They're just quiet and have their own way about it. You know, um, they're not talking about it all the time. You just can look over at them. And the, what I love is that feeling you get when you realize the people you're camping with are enjoying it as much as you are, just yeah. possibly in a different way. There's a really good yeah. feeling. It's somebody that I go with all the time, he's got a YouTube channel. He's actually on the last podcast that we've done together. Jason, I don't know if you remember him, but he's got a channel called Backpacking with Jason. And, you know, we it's so many fond memories that you share and you get that feeling, man. And you look at each other and you're like, Oh, this is it, man. This is right. He actually, he had texted me earlier and, uh, he wanted to, he wanted me to remind you that he's a huge fan. I think we kind of already answered his question though. He asked me to ask if you and Hickory were planning to get together this summer, but you said the spring, right? You know, we were going to try this winter, but, you know, just time is just flying. I don't know at your age, but at 63, it's like I'm going, it's February 28th already. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, I'm really literally going, I don't have that much life left at the rate it's going, <laughs> even if I live to be 90, you know. So I'm trying to, you know, I've had some friends and brother-in-laws and people I know who live in their past and everything have done way more clean living I consider a better person and and they're getting sick and bad things are happening to them where I'm always going, I'm an alcoholic. I mean, I've been sober, you know, 35 years, Mm -hmm. but I'm going, I'm the guy that should be dying and having all these things, not them. Why is it happening to them? And I, I know it's, we don't have a choice in that matter. No matter how we live, it's kind of fate. It's maybe predestined. Maybe it's genetic. It's all these things. Um, My fear is I'm going to live to be, pretty old now so i'm i'm trying to go i want to work out and be prepared to live that long you know physically heart open the heart a little bit quit being here (laughs) you know i need you to chop some wood (laughs) i'm too old well matthew gave us another super chat here and he has a question for you he says first of all salute shug uh, thanks again for all your knowledge sharing to all. Uh, what is the worst injury you had while hiking? I had a bad blister once. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rough one. Pretty, you know, compared to my circus background, I've not really had bad hiking injuries. Sorry. Uh, is it Matthew? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's Matthew from Quebec. Hey! Bonjour, that's awesome. Matthew. You already know him. That's great. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a great guy. He sends me a couple of box of treats once in a while and all kind of thing. Bought some of my paintings. Yeah, he's a great guy. I haven't really, other than you know, cutting yourself with your knife and getting blisters and a little ankle turn, but really nothing. You know, winter camping, I always get this raw nose right here because uh-huh. you know you're just oh constantly. yeah. Like, you know, the thing about winter camping, you'll bend over sometimes. You'll have this, like, dingleganger just kind of go, wow. I didn't feel it coming. I was like, looking around going, God, I'm glad that I saw that. It was just a snot stream. Not goopy, just wet snot stuff. And, you and know, it won't stop. 
constantly wiping. So I always get like a raw, that may be my worst injury because it hurts for like two weeks. You just touch it. Go, ow, ow. <laughs> Never realize how much you touch your nose. Um, so I've been pretty lucky, just nothing critical. I've fallen, but I've always, you know, as a circus clown, I fall pretty well. Um, I, I don't want to be cocky. You know, we can get hurt in an instant out there. And, but I've, I've been lucky and not had, Maybe I'm not putting myself out there enough. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. You know, hey, Ben McMillan uh, shot us a, a little uh, super chat just to cover the uh, eye blinking physical therapy fund for Jeremiah. So <laughs> I'll buy some that was awful nice of him to do that. Eleven dollars, I think, will cover that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not I only does Ben run, in, not only does Ben have integrity, but he's helping Jeremiah with his eye blinking. Issues. I like that Ben was going to go. I was going to do 10, but I think 11 looks better. <laughs> it's like two guys standing side by side. It's like JK and Jeremiah. Uh, you know, I'm going to add that extra dollar in because, you know, one, a one for each eye. Oh, thank you. Well, man. that's how the money gets split on this thing. Jeremiah gets $10 and I get one. That's usually how it works. Oh, with all the money. Yeah. He runs our finances and some, for some reason that's equal, I guess. I don't know, but. It works out. John's got his hand in the pot there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel lucky. Uh, you know, it's injuries backpack, and like you know, it's like any injury. One minute you're walking, the next minute you're not. Right? Yeah. Uh, one minute you got a finger, the next minute you don't. You know, it went through the saw, and the fingers <sighs> laying on the ground, and you're pinching it off. I've, I, you know, um, so it's my hiking poles have saved me so many times. Um, and I didn't really start using two hiking poles probably till I got to be about 48. And man, just on balance alone, where I've just about fallen and caught myself, I'm going, that black diamond flick block, you know, they are always, I would say, my number one piece of equipment. Not my hammock. I, you know, they just don't get enough due. You know, like I use them as, as poles. I've done a video. You can use it as a weapon. You know, if I get up somebody, you can whip somebody's <laughs> tail with a hiking pole or two. You can nunchuck those things, jab, you know, throw them and distract them, put a Chuck Norris foot upside their head, throw an elbow. You know, you got time, man. That's why I don't wear hand straps. So I can fucking every I ain't scared of I ain't scared of bears. It's raccoons that scare me. Shug, I'm starting to think I know why people are kind of giving you weird looks walking through the woods. I don't know. That's uh I'd be a little terrified if some guy walks up and starts doing karate moves on me. Is he got his truck and oh, I, I, Only if I'm provoked. You know, it's that thing where, <laughs> you know, I there was one time I passed a group of guys that were a little lippy, you know, and I kept moving because, you know, to be prudent, I'm going, I don't want to stop and get in an altercation out here because I'll probably be the one going to jail. And there's several of them, but I don't like them. I don't like them right away. And they're bringing my anger out, you know. So I'm going to keep moving. And I was gripping those hiking poles pretty darn hard, you know. Uh, and that's about the only time I had a weird kind of little experience. And, you know, maybe I just wasn't in the mood. Yeah. I felt like they were a little, a little lippy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no telling. There's no telling. Never we got telling. another uh, super chat on here. Big Woo! thank you to Rusty. Speaking of being more social, curious if any of you guys are going to trail days this year. Curious what you all think of that ge that event in general. Uh, well, that's right around the corner. I've been before. And it, you? If, if you haven't been, it's very interesting. We were trying to get out of there before the Wait a parade. minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. What? Very interesting. 
It's very interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of B.O. and hairy armpits. There's a lot of dirty toenails. There's a lot of people without toenails. It's Birkenstock City. <clears throat> yeah, and and they have this parade. And I've seen that. They, I guess all the guys go to Goodwill and get dresses and stuff, and then they dress up and march through the parade. It's very interesting. That's we got, the only reason I would go. Because I love wearing a frock. <laughs> it's free. It's free. You know, I never thought I'd go if I was down that way when it happened. I don't ever see myself sort of going out of, out of my way to go. Um, you know, because I performed so many festivals as a performer all my life and fairs and festivals and things like that, that I'm not drawn to go to them mm-hmm. as just a regular human. But I thought, you know, if me and Hickory or something were ever camping down that way at the time and we were, you know, within five or six hours, let's go, well, let's go. We're on the trail. So it seems good. I don't know if I'd feel weird, like coming from home and just driving down without having hiked all clean and stuff. That's just, that's just my thought. Well, speaking of being clean, I have to ask a question. I got to throw a bone to our, our our viewers and our listeners right now because this is really important. So I want to ask you a really hard hitting question. I hope you're ready for this. I'm not. How? <laughs> well, we'll find out. How it, how difficult is it to poop in negative 31 degree weather? It, it is not at all. You know, it it. I know people think it's weird, and I used to think that, and. So on this one, I was able to excavate the fiberglass thunderbox. You know, <laughs> I saw the boundary waters. Every campsite has a fiberglass pooper you can sit on. So yep. it's a turd wrangler. You know, it's all in one hole. And so you go. And I think by the time I had my morning constitutional, it was down about minus 28. And you just drop your trousers. And you have this moment where you sit on that thing, or even if you're squatting. But when you're sitting on that fiberglass, there's this instant moment of, Freezing Exhale. cold, and then immediately it just turns to warmth. It's this weird warmth. And you kind of pull your pants up over your legs, but I lingered a while. It's a fantastic feeling. You look down at your thighs and realize how white and pasty they are, and then you watch <laughs> the little hair stand up. <laughs> your body, you know, just think about when you have to take a poop, and when you really got to take a poop, and you know you do, like you have to go within two minutes. Uh, Feel oh, how yeah. your body is really working and churning, and I think it's like, it just sucks all the energy to the core and somehow warms you. And I can't explain it, but it's not horrible. And even if you're squatting, it's just, it's not horrible. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's probably one of the finest poops you ever will have in like minus 28. Fantastic. <laughs> woods look better. You know, it's just, and that moment after, the only thing is take your wet wipe and make sure you have it in your little Napoleon pocket for the night. So you've got a, or it's going to be an ice wipe it, or, or an ice wipe. And I've tried that thing of wiping my buttocks with snow and all that. Personally, you can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of refreshing, but there's some fingers. I don't know. I'm going, I have, it's like fishing. I can buy a fish. I have toilet paper. Um, I don't, you know, I have food with me. I have a wet wipe. I can just, I don't have to do this. I have a lighter to start my fire, um, you know, I, uh, that I keep up against my body so it actually works, you know. And, um, yeah, I hope you get to try it sometime. Just um, pooping in Sub-Zero, it's, it's fantastic. It's, uh, it's really, 
you know, you see these people that take the polar plunge. They like to plunge in the cold lakes. Yeah. I ain't having none of that. No, I'm good. I'm good. With others. Pooping in the woods. Yeah. Well, there's some people. Better than the polar plunge. Some people are asking in the comments. Um, if... It's a polar expunge. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Would you only use TP and wet wipes, I assume. No bidet and no poop hammock. I don't use a bidet. The wet wipe is my bidet. That's a good uh, one. And a bidet would be really hard in the in the winter. Um, now, I have a bidet. We have bidet toilets at home, and I do miss it in the woods. But, you know, when I, to me, that the freshest, when I'm walking back from wherever I took my morning constitutional, back down to camp with that little spring in my step, and I take my wet wipe, and I always start at my face, I wipe my eyes, <laughs> corners of my mouth, my nose, I get it in my ears, and then I work myself down to my front, and then I go down to the next weird part, and then I go to the little bridge between the weird part and the back, between, <laughs> and then I go to the back. So this is as fresh as I'm going to be all day. I'm at my freshest. You know, I feel cheeky. No pun intended. <laughs> that, that's great. And so that it is basically great. is kind of, it's a bidet in a cloth, you know. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's good. We got another uh, another uh, Oops, super chat here from Tim Lawson. Thank you for that, Shug. I purchased a Superior Hammock after watching one of your winter videos. I'm looking forward to using it. Oh, good. Now, I'll tell you about the Superior Hammock. What, Danny's a local guy who got in touch with me to try this hammock. And, you know, he's he's still growing and changing. The guy's not even making a profit yet. He's You know, he's got a little company. He wanted me to try one of his hammocks. And when people want me to do something, I'm always like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to. I hate change. I don't want to like anything new. And it had the built-in underquilt. And I'd, I'd seen this process before, seen people doing it. And I I figured I, I opened my heart a little bit. It was from Minnesota. <laughs> and I tried his hammock and I went camping in it and, and I loved it. And I had not tried the built-in underquilt. And I would say for anybody we all know you can get in a hammock. There's a lot of little things involved with it. Hanging it, your rigging, your angles, your ridge line or not. Some people don't feel secure. They feel exposed. A lot of people have never rigged a tarp, so they got to learn to rig a tarp. Goes on and on. Top quilt, sleeping bag. How do you keep your head if you can't get it in the sleep bag? Then you get to the under quilt. And that can be the deal breaker for some people for the price. And it's, it's tricky to set up. So I, if you get, I mean, I just use my superior on this minus 31. I use my superior gear, 15 degree built in under quilt, and then snapped on a 30 degree one. You hook it up on the ends with suspension and then it's got cam snaps down the edge. And it's a, he calls it a comforter. It can be used as a top quilt or an under quilt and it snaps right up under. And that was a 30 degree. So a 30 and a 15 is going to get me to minus 25. But Danny's stuff is really good. I've slept well below what his ratings are in his stuff. And if you're new, and even for me experience, it saves me this. I'm going to reach over and just see if it's up on my shoulder. Then you get all tucked in and you realize your shoulder. And again, I'm lazy. It saves me one move. And it's just there. It's hooked up. And on this minus 31 trip, and I'm not, if this wasn't honest, because I sort of have integrity. <laughs> I think a little integrity. And I wouldn't say this unless I meant it. Is 
when I crawled in that night to go to sleep, it was probably minus 22. And all of us ex- have experienced in summer or fall where you lay in your hammock with your underquill. And it might take you 15 minutes to warm up underneath. You know, mm-hmm. you're feeling like, oh, my butter back is a little cold, but let me just give it time. I was never cold at all from the minute I laid in underneath. Wow. Not up either, but none underneath. So his his hammocks have, have proved it to me, but I think for the new people, it saves a step. Uh, and now he's got the Starlight, which is a regular hammock. So if you're a regular hammocker and you just want to use your pad, you can, and then you can add his underquilts to it that sort of snap on. So it doesn't have the built-in. So, you know, there's some guys that are going, well, if I get a 15 degree, can I sleep in 80 degree weather? I'm going, eh, but the built-in, you can't really vent it. Mm-hmm, well, yeah. If you use the other one, you can, because you can kind of unsnap your underquilt or just unhook the top and create these big gaps. So I feel like it, it's just, it works. I've experienced it over and over, did not want to like it. And I have to come back every time going, man, I love it. And I just love not having to check my shoulder that that little bit, you know, we all do it. You get used to, if you're a hammocker, that, that underquilt tug is part of your thing, you know, you don't have to do it with those. So that's all I'll say on it. Um, You know, he wants everybody to be in a hammock. I don't think that's a reality. You know, a lot of people just love their tents. You know, you can't, I don't want everybody to be in a hammock, you know, because then yeah. all the trees will be taken. All That's the- right. That's yeah. right. It's nice and to you know, have diversity. A lot of people, the perfect mix is some people are in tents and some people are in hammocks and then you're all, you know, yep. everybody's got a place, you know? Yeah. Everybody yep. can get a good spot. Yeah. Everybody's got a good spot, you know? And so, uh, yeah. So I, so I hope you get one and enjoy it. I, I'll just tell you, it will save you one step in the process, which I think is the most difficult step. Cause I've just seen people get frustrated. They've reached out to me and I go, why don't you just go back to your tent? You're stressing out over a hammock and a hammock should not stress you out and make you cry. You yeah. Truth. It's, it's, you've got to, you know, it's even like, even if you're a, a tenter or, you know, people get newly into backpacking, you got people that are pretty, you know, wired pretty tight, a little bit OCD, you know, kind of type A personalities and they want to have everything perfect before they go. And you go, that'll never, ever <laughs> ever happen just go and fail but make sure you look at what you do right you're gonna make a yep. lot of mistakes forever yep. i think the most fun part about hammocking anyways is is experimenting because there's so many different ways to do a hammock compared to doing a tent when you get a tent you basically set the tent up but with a hammock it's like you can do so many different kinds of suspensions different oh. uh, different ways to tie out the tarp uh it's just I don't know. I, I just find it to be a little more entertaining just because there's so many like things that, to do. There's a, certain, there's a certain personality that does not want that. You That's know? true. That's or, true. Or, or the extreme ultra lighter, you know, that wants the lightest tarp, lay on the ground. Um, and I've always liked fiddling with tarps. I always considered myself kind of a tarp master, even just running tarps over fire pits when I was a tenter. But what I've figured out with a hammock is like when I think about my tent days, you pitch your tent, put your rain fly on, you throw your pad in there you throw your sleeping bag on it done when you got a hammock you know it's 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 like a high maintenance partner 
there's, there's some foreplay and some romance and some coddling and uh you know just there's some goofing around there's some fiddling there's some back scratch. you gotta run your fingers along his back and tickle it and go i just want to work perfectly tonight you know and i forgot what i was gonna say now but uh <laughs> it dawned on me once when you sleep in a hammock you're you're kind of wearing it you're not yeah. wearing a tent but you're wearing your hammock because it's just you in there mm. and it's wrapped around you you're in it you know you're not on it you're in it and i also think that the hammock you must have that jeremiah do you sleep in a hammock exclusively or just sometimes uh probably like 90 percent of the time okay i think that all hammockers have a bit of that introverted quality in them where they want to go sleep alone. Now, maybe your friend's right next to you or, you know, hollering distance away, or you've got your own little area. So when you go to sleep, you you're over there and you're by yourself. You're not shoulder to shoulder with someone in a tent. And a lot of people like that two or three people in a tent, they feel that safety in there, that safety of being all, you know, zipped in. And I get that. I don't knock that at all. I understand that. I have a friend who's like that. I think I feel more claustrophobic in a tent with somebody than I do with a hammock wrapped around me. I think I need to be away from people when I'm, when I'm out camping and backpacking. I do too. And some people feel very exposed. They've told me, said, Suge, I feel very exposed in a hammock. I'm used to being in a tent where I can zip the door and I can zip up. No one can see me. And with this, I feel very exposed. And I thought about that. And for me, it's just like when people ask me, why don't I use a top cover or a hammock sock? What I like about the hammock, even on this minus 31 trip, when I open my eyes and push up my little and go, I could see the woods right there. I see the morning instantly. I like that. And I don't expect everybody to like that. You know, we're not all going to like that. It's kind of like driving a convertible. Um, I rarely drive my Jeep with the top off because I realize I'm ready. I don't like the sun. I I want shade. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you're in Minnesota, so do you uh, do you use a bug net for those pterodactyl mosquitoes you have up there? In you know, yes. When you know, when it's buggy season, I absolutely yeah. do. Oh yeah. yeah. I was oh, gonna yeah. say like I, I I don't mind a bug net because I can still see out of a bug net. Which one thing I love, yeah. what I've always liked about the warbonnet bug nets is it's a little. It can be a little of a pain because you stake out that bug net, but it's well off your face, you know. So a lot of hammocks, the bug net comes right up from it, right yeah. up that way. So, you know, your head's to one side. So you're right there on the bug net. And all it takes, you know, it, it's not the mosquito biting. It's that. Yeah. And, you know, but with warbun, it's, it's away from your face. You can still get that because that, that mosquito can be right down, not by the bug net underneath. But uh, you were talking about the Ridge Runner earlier. I was in my Ridge Runner. I set it up this year just to get in. Go. I've been in my Ridge Runner for a while. Put it up in the backyard, and I realized you really have a spacious bug net in that thing, and it's well away from you. It is because every time I get in the Ridge Runner, I try to lay on the angle, and I realize, oh, you don't have to be on the angle. You could just flop your feet right out. You know. Yeah. So um, th- that's one thing I've always liked about Warbonnet's bug nets is you can, it's just not against your face. You've got a little bit of space there, Yeah, but it's nice. the sound of the mosquito, not the actual biting. You know, it's just that one. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying. I a hundred percent agree with you. And you can't tune it out. I mean, it's, uh, it's no. 
No, it's like a whooper wheel going off all night when I'm down. Oh, you just you just spoke my truth, man. If you want to talk about a bird I hate, oh, it's a whipper will. Me too, because we have had them go oh. all night long. You know, nothing oh. ruins my night of sleep like a like a whipper will that can't go away. Now an owl, you know, a couple of owls going, yeah, great, but a whooper will is just relentless. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it knows you're teenager. there. It's like it's laughing at you the whole time. It is. It is. It's, it just knows what it's doing. They're evil. They're demons. They Every one of them. I, I, I honestly agree. Well, yes. you mentioned about the uh, like the hammock and having your own space and all that. And uh, like, hold not- up, hold up, hold up. We have to make it. Are you talking about owls or are you talking about whippoorwills? Oh, for the love of God. If you're saying you like whippoorwills, I'm nervous for you. Riff Outdoors comments. I oh. love listening to them all night. The whip. Uh, he may well. He, oh, I don't he's know. Probably man. in a tent, not sleeping well. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> maybe. So I took well, a. Tea- know, all, the, the great thing is we all love something different. You know, um, you know, I was at a wedding recently, and uh, they had carrot cake, and uh, I was appalled because I kept going and going. <laughs> I see you got carrot cake, but where's that wedding cake? You know that almondy. One and they're going, oh, we don't have that. I'm going, so carrot cake is it? And they went, yeah. I'm going, you know, I, I got you a really nice gift. And I said, here's the deal. <laughs> You're going to get married and carrot cake is the only option. That needs to be in the invite so I can reconsider my RSVP. I want to tell you something. We've got some people that don't belong in Sector 7 because Riff Outdoors, he said it's the Whippoorwills. He likes them. And Hike with Mike says he loves listening to Whippoorwills too. Well, you know. I, I, Maybe not suspicious. all whippoorwills are created equally, but me and Hicks slept in the Limbo Gorge one night where it was two, and they came in close, and they went hardcore all night. Oh. Hardcore. I, I was out with some buddies, and, and I just yelled the whole night, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> I just I couldn't get to sleep because these stupid things wouldn't stop. Uh, Ben McMillan commented on your wedding cake thing, said that marriage won't last. <laughs> no, and then also, so, so uh, you know, they had, the, they had the carrot cake, and then I was at this other wedding because a lot of my daughter's friends are getting married. So they had three cakes, right? They had your classic wedding cake, which I was happy with. Then they had a chocolate. Here's my thought. I love chocolate cake, but I don't love chocolate cake at a wedding. It's just me. This is I'm hooking this to the Whipper Will conversation. I went up to the caterer and I said, Love the chocolate cake. I didn't love it here because after I've had that beautiful almond tasting wedding cake that you only get at weddings and I can get a chocolate cake at a birthday party or anywhere else. And then, <laughs> and then you hit a lemon cake. Too much. Too much. <laughs> you may as well have just had a carrot cake. <laughs> so, so I can't disagree that. with you, though. Like, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, you know I have the to wedding agree, cake. Like, if I ever had a restaurant, I would serve something called shotgun wedding cake because you only get a true wedding cake at a wedding. Yeah, you're right. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Oh the, yeah, yeah. The white cake with the white icing. It's kind of almondy, soft. You know, it's just man, beautiful. just a touch spongy. Just a just touch, a touch spongy. spongy. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. almost a pound cake quality, but with a, a with softer. Yeah. You know? I don't want a really fluffy one. You know, it's kind of like if there were mattresses in heaven, that's what the mattresses would feel like. So we were at this wedding. So me and Meg, we we said, I said to Meg, I said, you know, I haven't danced 
since my drunken days, since my days as a falling down alcoholic. And I said, we were watching all these movies during the pandemic. And I said, we're dancing at this wedding. I'm asking you to dance now. I don't want to be those sad old boomers sitting at a table with that sickly smile going, look at everybody having fun. We're too self-conscious. So I was, up there, I was up there doing my moves and my daughter was there and she was out there dancing with me and Meg. She kept going, dad, you got moves. And I do sort of what I call the, the old man, white man shuffle. Just I'm not exerting too much energy. But then after a while, man, we were kicking. We were tie bowing and everything. Meg had a sore <laughs> knee the next day. We were both going, man, why are my shins and my glutes sore? Because we danced our tails off. And it was joyous. So it's, it's a new thing. It has kind of something to do with the little heart opening up the door there. But, like, we will not be those old people that will just sit in our chairs at a wedding going, oh, look at everybody having fun. Look at the young people. That was, oh, that's so. And I had to go over to the DJ and go, hey, man bun guy. <laughs> I was I was very critical of you before you started. I was going, you're going to play the worst music. But he even played some Bill Withers. He played some good music. And I went over and said, kudos to you. I'd tip you, but you got a man bun. So <laughs> off right there. And it's not that I hate a man bun. I'm just jealous that you have the hair for it. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Your last video, you had quite the hair there at the end of the video. I did. That know. was that was kind of uh, an ode to like Jim Carrey during the uh, what what movie was that? A Pet Detective, Ace Ventura, Pet <laughs> Detective, with the the hair kind of sticking up the sides and everything. It's uh, that's my ex killer. You know, it's right after you've had your head covered for all the time you pull it off. And go, oh my word! <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, any should we talk hammocks more? Is there any young? Well, actually, are, any other, are we done? I, we are 20 minutes overdone, but we've been having such a fun time. I wanted to let you keep talking. So, yeah. Well, I know we didn't talk about hammocks at all last time. I feel like we did this time. But, you know, I just want to let me just state this because, you know, I really don't know that much about hammocks. Uh, it's just that I make videos. And what I've what I've always wanted to do is when I'd be on hammock forums and I'd see somebody struggling with an issue i'd go let me play with that and then i can do a video that maybe they can watch and and help some people are visual learners some people would rather you type it out i'm not going to do that i I find it easier to make a video Mm -hmm. and I, i think there's this misconception through the whole backpacking world that if you do videos that you're some sort of an expert on it and it's it's just not true it's just that you do a video at least it you know I mean, I mean, I had this funny moment of, of the power of videos, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast we did. A couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, I was camping on the Spear Hiking Trail, set up camp, and these two guys come in, and they were just, you know, I didn't know if they were going to camp there. Just, they were just checking out camp, and they went, hey, are you the hammock guy? And I said, as I always tell you, maybe. <laughs> Do you like the hammock guy? Oh, yeah. Well, then I'm him. <laughs> and we took a selfie and everything. One of them looks over and he says, Hey man, is that a hillbilly pot over there? He said, This hillbilly pot, my little cook pot that I call my little Imusa pot. And they took a selfie with that pot. And I was going, Would you want me in it? Now, nah, now nah, we already got one with you. <laughs> it closed with this little $6 pot just because it shows up in videos. And I stood there and I was going, This is a powerful medium, this visual medium or podcasting or things you listen to, but particularly things you see, you go, you, you can influence people good or bad, right? Right. In this, because if this $6 pot, there's two guys taking a selfie with it because it's become a character. 
just because it's in videos right. and they've seen it. You know, it's like seeing the Batmobile or something. I, I don't know. It's funny. So, you know, I, I just want to state that I, you know, I'm sort of behind the curve probably on hammock stuff unless someone gets me and I say yes to try something new. And I have a lot of people that want to send me hammocks and I go, well, good luck to you. I don't see anything, any new, uh, you know, there's nothing new to your hammock. It's just a hammock that you built. It's just a hammock. But mm-hmm. if it's something like what Danny's doing or the Amok guys that yeah. have it or in Derek sent me the Haven hammock, which is kind of a hang, he calls it a um Hanging tent. Haven tent. Yeah. And I was curious to try it. I said, it's something different. It depends on a fan. I actually like it. it. It's comfortable. And if I had to go to the ground a lot on a trip, I would bring that. I could hang it and put it on ground. But it's like, if it's something different, I'm, I, I like looking at it. If it's just another hammock, not interested. Good luck to you. <laughs> just, just a piece of cloth shaped like a hammock with a bug net. You know, I don't know. Good for you. That's, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> So that puts me a little bit behind the curve sometimes. And sometimes I have to go do some catch up on fabrics and things by doing a video and go, I got to dive in for a week and sort of catch up. And then it was even when Danny sent me from Superior Gear, wanted me to try this hammock. And I said, I said, okay, just so you understand, here's how I, I don't want to become one of these guys. that's just a review guy. You know, I get gear, I review it without even taking it on the trail. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it out and use it. If I don't like it, I'll just give it back to you. Or if you allow me, I'll give it to someone that doesn't have any gear, but I won't badmouth it. I'll just, just won't show it. But I said, my viewers, they're not watching me. They're looking at everything in the background. What's he got there? What's that? What's that? And I said, if I'm using it and just, they see it, I'm going to get this. Oh, what's that? What's that hammock in the background? They're going to start asking. Then if they see me use it a few times and then I start talking about it, it's kind of like if there are people that watch me and maybe go, well, I, if he's using it, it must, he must like it. You know, I do the same thing for things I want to buy or use and not just in the backpacking world in other places, mandolins, pieces of equipment. And I go, that guy must love that mandolin because that's all he's been playing for the last 10 years, you know? Yeah. So I told him, I said, and then I will do a little, I don't even call it a review. I call it a looky-see. You know, I'm not going to show every stitch. I'll just sort of show the components and how it works and my thoughts on it. Like, it's good. I like it. It's like with Warbonnet in the very beginning. He just sent me a hammock. He didn't ask if I wanted one years ago. He just sent one. I bought one. I bought a Blackbird, and then he, like, sent me a Ridge Runner one time. It just came. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and Alex is uh, one of his partners who written said, you don't have to do a video. We just want your thoughts, which I love when people say that because, then you're going to get a video. You know, if yeah. you're begging me for a video, I'm going to go, well, how much candy are you willing to buy me? <laughs> On top of me keeping all this gear. No, I'm not asking for hard cash. I'm asking for hard candy. That's not too fluffy, not too stiff. Like a, a little bit of an cake. almond flavor to it. With a little bit of almond and preferably a white icing. Uh, Buttercream. Yeah. Buttercream. A buttercream. Oh, but I don't want it. I don't on a wedding cake. I don't want my buttercream too thick because I want the cake to do the talking. Oh, yeah. You know, even when I get apple pie somewhere, can we make that a la mode for you? I go, oh, what are you trying to hide? Now, you can <laughs> that ice cream. You save that. You can save that ice cream unless that hog dogs. Put that in a different bowl. I'll ask. <laughs> I just want to try your pie. Oh, 
need anything on it. Don't try to talk me into your snickerdoodle. <laughs> if you can't make an apple pie, then the rest of your pies are worthless. <laughs> no pie I love. And I used to eat them at Waffle House, and we don't have Waffle Houses. And I make my own maybe twice a year a chocolate meringue pie. Oh, yeah. You know that chocolate pie with the meringue on top? Yeah. That is like the best Southern pie. I think there is uh, about three inches of meringue on top. Three inches of meringue. It's uh, equal pie, equal meringue. Like it, it's not, it's not one. They're, they're both. It's like, it's like fact, six I'm inches a guy, high. When I have banana pudding, I want meringue. Cause a lady in my neighborhood, yep. Lucille Dixon. Now she used to make me banana pudding. When I come home from the circus, bring the house. Now Phil, my mom's name is Phil. Philomena. She go, Phil, you know, <laughs> too silly. Well, Phil, I made child banana pudding because I know he loves them. Not that I like them. I love them. And she'd go, it's not fit to eat. The meringue is weeping. And she'd set it down. And, of course, it would be the best, you know, banana pudding I've ever had. But she told me one time, she said, Shauna, I know I know you love to cook. And I've, I've always thought you're 20% gay. Uh, 20% gay. Like, let's just up it to 22, ma'am. And, and then she, she told me this. She said, when you do a banana pudding in the summertime, you don't want to use a whipped cream because that cream will taint. You want to use a meringue. That cream will taint and it'll smell like a sick baby. And those words have stuck in my head ever since. The power of meringue. Like meringue baby. is for summer in, in her book. There you, you know, go. You know the smell of old whipped cream and you you got some uh-huh. on your sleeve and you it smells like a sick baby. Oh, it's awful. I just remember going, oh, that is the greatest thing I ever heard. And it just, to me, I went, oh, it's nothing but meringue for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, man, thank you for being on here. We, we're we going to have to do this again because there's oh, still I, so much more we got to talk about at some point. No, I, I'm always game. I, you know, I, you know, it's it, it's fun. I'm sitting at home. I'm talking to people. My wife's on a cruise. The dog's ignoring me. I'm just furniture <laughs> for the dog anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's all I just there's been me. some questions about what, what she's doing, bad, what Bean's doing. So he's He's right here. Let me get it. Hey, come here. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I saw the comments. Yeah, oh, I love seeing Bean great. in the background laying and sleeping. He's my daughter's dog, and I'm I'm keeping him till uh, May 28th. And he, he's I, I just love this guy to death. You know, he's a little Chihuahua rat terrier. You see yourself in there, buddy? Are you? He, he's like I don't care. Kind of funny. He's kind of camera shy, but um, he's just waiting for me to be done so I can sit on the recliner and tell him I just had the greatest time on the backpacking podcast. No. Let me think back and see if I said anything wrong or controversial. <laughs> you had integrity, man. You had integrity. But you no, are I've definitely integrity-like. You are definitely integrity-like. And one of these days, Red River Gorge, I'm coming down. You All got right? to, man. You got Lord. to. You got to make that happen. And I'll bring Hickory and the four of us, and you can bring your friends if you don't trust us, because a lot of people are going, I'm not sure I really want to go camping with you two. Well, if we don't, don't bring Jason, he'll disown us. So, uh yeah. All right. Well, oh yeah, Jason. That's right. Uh, yep. You'll have Bring to come, him, and you guys can show us that gorge. That'd be fun to do. I, I thought about that since you, we talked about that the last time, and uh, I need to get out of town on a trip coming up sometime soon. You know this this summer. So let's just touch base on that again if you guys are up for it. I'd love. love Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremiah's a teacher. He loves that summer stuff. That summer yeah. stuff, man. I love. You know, I look forward to it. We and I'm retired, so you know I. Uh, you know, I don't do my act anymore. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing being retired. It's, I think it's going to be five years. Like 
it would take something really interesting for me to work again, you know, ever work. I have been making, you know, those face masks I have. People want them because you can't find that face mask like I sleep in full uh-huh. fleece. Yeah. You know, all face masks now have neoprene in them and stuff. So I've made a few and I'm thinking, well, uh-huh. I'd have to charge $400 to make this worth my time. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, you think about things differently. Well, like when you retire, you go, it would take something really big to make me want to work again. You know, I would never want to work for somebody. I never did anyway. And then the other part that you think of is going, I mean, the, I'm from this generation where you feel like you need to be working for your self-worth. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, it's kind of like opening the heart a little bit. I'm, I'm pushing that away. I don't, I don't, I've done my, I had a career for 40 years as an entertainer. I did enough. You know, I worked all my life as a kid from the time I was 12 years old on to earn some money. And, uh, my wife's a workaholic, so I got myself a sugar mama. There's my controversial statement right there. It was, <laughs> it was out of line, shit. It was out of line. That just means you're not sexist. No, it's true. You know, she loves her work, and um, and she's the one that told me. She said, retire. You've done it 40 years. And so it's like I was even delving and messing with some acting, and I realized even that's too much work. It, there's no brick and mortar involved, but it, it consumes your life. Memorizing, making choices, taking that role on. I'm going, nah, don't want to. I don't know. No, man. Keep living your life. Keep doing what you're doing. You don't have to justify it to anyone. I know. Not somebody all said, that matters is that you come to Kentucky and hike with us. That's I know. Somebody said, why don't you get into mentoring? I was going, oh, no. responsibility. <laughs> I have to nurture. No. So it's. It's really been an interesting road, but I, I will say as a, as, as a guy that's 63 and you hear this from old men, I feel busier than I ever have been in my life. I don't know. I had, I don't know how I had time to be on the road just to get my daily stuff done and things that I do. And then, you know, a good two thirty nap for about 20 minutes on the recliner couch back there, you know, just, guilt-free in the middle of the day. That's the best time to do it. Other yep. people are working and I'm laying here mouth breathing. <laughs> That's the way to well, do I, it. I think, I think Riff Outdoors puts it best. You do you. I'm going to do me, Riff. And you, you do, do you, you with those corporal wheels. That, though, <laughs> we got to work with him on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for him. Like he's gonna have a middle breakdown at some point. Love this into the whooper well and the personality type of the whooper well. And where does the whooper well come from? Is it a coagulation <laughs> of several birds, or is it a pure breed that only goes to the mountains to bother campers? But then there's people like Riff that enjoy it. So I don't know. The whipper well comes from hell. Interested. The, the whippoorwill comes from hell. Like we said, it's a demon. It does come. So it's it, from it's, Hades. It's from it is Hades. from Hades. This is not an animal that, that comes from anywhere else. That is the most evil creature on the planet. But either way, uh, thank you for being on here, man. We are so okay. thankful that you got to do this, man. Yeah. And we definitely will make a plan to backpack with you. We've we've talked about it. We just got to make it happen. Good to see you guys. Let me look at you clearly now with my glass. Oh, no. Okay. Because I'm looking the whole time uh, dull. You know, like here, you're just, <laughs> you're just colors and shapes. <laughs> Which well, is you didn't like see how people. ugly we actually are. I like my people a little fuzzed out. <laughs> I kind of like a Monet painting. I like that. What's that big black thing in front of your face? Oh, that's a fancy microphone. Where's mine? <laughs> Let me well, just uh, show you one thing. This kind of made me laugh and smile today. So, you know, my wife is on this cruise and 
we lived in New York City in the 80s. And, you know, my wife's an aerialist. So every day she was doing the Jane Fonda workout. And this is Meg on the cruise this morning. And they had a workout class. It's the 80s workout. It's in wow. this hip gym. It's Virgin Cruise Lines. It's Richard Branson's cruise line. Wow. Very, my, my daughter took this picture. They have all this mood lighting. There's these two guys dressed up in 1980s stuff. And it's like the 80s were our period. We were in our prime. You know, this is where me and Meg were poor. We're, I was the best looking I was ever going to be. Uh, <laughs> we were just in our prime in the 80s. And that smile on her face right there, I don't see that smile a lot. Look at that smile. Great. She, she looks so is, happy. She's so happy to be away from me. <laughs> <laughs> because I was certainly smiling like that on my minus 31 trip. And it wasn't being away from her. It was, you know, I, I needed to go see... I needed to go get a love for winter because people think I love winter camping. I don't. I tolerate it. I live in Minnesota. Yeah. If I I don't embrace winter camping, then I don't camp for six months. So it is beautiful, but it's five times the work of regular camping. Plus it's cold and there's a beauty at the end of it. There there's this beauty. Like I was thinking out there going, it, it, it's all about mindset and confidence. It's confidence without being cocky, you know, thinking things through before you leave camp to go mess around, set a fire just in case you fall through the water. Something happens. You come back, you can light that fire. You don't have to get that wood up. You know, learn that from the old timers up here, have a fire set all the time. That's so you can time. just light it and be ready if you need it, you know, and you know, I think in backpacking anyway, there needs to be this little bit of confidence and then, like, when my people that don't backpack are going, oh, what about bears? Aren't you, are you nervous and all that? And I always say, backpacking to me, this is my analogy, it, it's like driving a pontoon boat. You know, you got your pontoon, you got six or seven friends drinking beer in the back, you got your captain's hat on, hey, you're talking to everybody. You look like you're doing nothing, but you're constantly scanning for jet skiers, canoers, power boats, like you're vigilant without being all, you know, nervous about it you're checking and, and backpacking yep. like that there's a light vigilance all the time just mm-hmm. looking checking looking for animal scat what's on the trail you know weird rock something you could step on and be weird you know just you're vigilant but it's not a nervous vigilance just a you know it's that spidey sense it's just a low-lying spidey sense that's tuned into the woods you know yep that's so accurate i never even thought of that, that like is- driving a pontoon boat you got to look cool and casual already, you know. That's so true. That's a great way to look at it. And I, I think about that every it. time. You're tuned in, but not like jumpy. You're just uh, ready for nature. You've thought it out. You do the best you can. You'll have to improvise if things get drastic. And I've had a few people go, well, you're really stupid to go out in that cold alone. Going, I, have, I know that area. I have my inReach Explorer. It wasn't calling for blizzards. It was going to be cold. It wasn't like some people think there's a blizzard. It's like watching, uh, you know, when you watch Rudolph, that old that old cartoon. And, you know, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cornel- um, something Cornelius. You know, the guy with the big mustache. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what is his name? And he's always he's after the bumble. Yukon uh, Cornelius. I'm Yukon Cornelius. And he's <laughs> And Burr Lives, as the snowman's telling to, it was the blizzard of 19. And people think that it's a blizzard all the time here. And it's not. 
it was just like a summer day out there. It just happened to be minus 31. <laughs> it was just minus 31. You know, oh, that's I, great. That's all it was. Uh, it's just like a beautiful sunny day. It's just really cold and covered with snow. So yep. there is a beauty to it. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's should before we sign off, I know that everybody has enjoyed this episode. And if they want to uh, tune in more to you, could you tell everybody where to find your stuff? Uh, pretty much on YouTube under Suge Emery. And I wanted to give a little shout out to my friend Jim in Germany. Schönen guten Abend, Jim. Hey, woo, buddy, der Hagenbrusten. Uh, oh, nice. so yeah, I'm only on YouTube. I don't have any other social media. Again, I'm lazy. It just requires more typing. But I'll answer every comment on YouTube and I'll answer a question. And thank you for anybody that uh, came and tuned in tonight and watched this and was a part of it there in the background. Even you, Riff, with your love of, <laughs> your love of whooper wills. Uh, I think I loved you the best. Well, and make sure you go back and look. Th- there were some questions we just couldn't get to. Make sure you, yeah. if you get a chance, go through there. If you want to answer those, you can. If you don't, you don't have to either. But if you're interested, there were a lot of questions during the uh, chat right. today. Well, great to see you guys, and uh, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Good day, gentlemen. Bye-bye now. <laughs> oh, man. That is always – he's awesome, man. So much fun. I wish people could see what just happened. Like, we have a green room set up. We can still see his camera. All of a sudden, you see just his eyeball filling the entire camera just now. Um, we had great time. Great time yeah. tonight. We got uh, Kelly Hayes on next week. People's yes, been on we her Appalachian Trail journey. Like soon to be PCT journey. Yes. Keep so, on stepping. Yep. Keep on going. She apparently likes to be in the woods for six months at a time. So yeah, that's a we're going to talk to her about that next week. Yeah. Awesome. But I wish we could have got to all the questions tonight. I know that uh, everybody had a lot of fun. We didn't get to get to, to go through all of them, but definitely have Suge back on. We'll talk more and, and see everybody then. You know what we miss hearing? What's that? It's all secure in Sector 7. That's what we needed to hear up there at the end. But with that said, thank you so much, guys, for tuning into the Backpacking Podcast. We look forward to meeting up with you next week. And for myself and Jeremiah, we'll catch you in the next one. Adios, folks. 